I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate. And welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. All right. Kristen, how are you today? I'm good. I'm so excited. We're, we're recording on an evening instead of a Sunday afternoon. So this is a whole nother vibe we've got going on. Yes. Some of us may have wine, others may not, or maybe none of us do, or maybe all of us do. I can tell you right now, those of us that don't wish they did. Hopefully by the end, you can't tell who, which of us did and didn't. <laughs> True. <laughs> How about you, Kate? How are you doing tonight? Well, first, I hope the opposite. I hope we can tell who is slowly getting drunk <laughs> as we progress. Um, I'm doing really well. I'm going to share something with you guys that I'm, I'm working on. I recently decided to buckle down and teach myself how to do, what's that, what's that dance move? The, is it the zipper? The, the Flossing. Th- flossing. Oh, yeah. I decided I was going to buckle down, teach myself how to do it, and it was a success. It was probably over the course of a couple of days, and I really just decided that, you know, 10 years after the fad had come and gone, <laughs> it was time for me to jump on that train. You know, I figured with that being such a success, um, got to keep this momentum going. And I um, de- declared on one of our family walks that I was finally going to teach myself how to ninja kick myself up from the ground. Oh. The name for that is a kip up, a K-I-P up. That's a ninja term? It, I, I mean, it's some sort of karate or ninja, oh. you know, I don't know. Kip up, okay. And I think it's important, I mean, you guys know me, but for those who don't know me physically, I'm certainly not in any sort of ninja shape to get off. Sometimes I, it's hard for me just to get off the ground like a normal person, let alone from lying on my back into a low squat. But I'm determined to do it. It's been on my life goals list since mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. really long time ago. Okay. Been YouTubing how to start. There's been a lot of rolling around. There's been a lot of, <laughs> there's, a lot, a lot of there's a lot of steps that, you know, you just kind of, I got to get, get used to. We're going to see where it takes me right now. I feel like step one is the YouTubing of the steps. And I've certainly watched a lot of videos. Okay. So step one, check. Can I just circle back to use a a really good 2020 term? So where's, are we going to get to the flossing at some point? Are we waiting for a dance party? Kristen, I can't believe I haven't already showed you my floss. I'm pretty proud of the fact, like, I, I don't think you understand when, like, I, for like a weekend, I kept FaceTiming my sister and I would have her comment on my, where I was going wrong and why could her friends do it? And I couldn't, she's also 10 years younger than me. And she was like, this isn't a thing anymore, Kate. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, but I did it. I couldn't believe when I kind of broke through and I just kind of feeling, feel like that if I can complete a kip up. It will just be that feeling times. It will oh, be good for you. And I'm taking into consideration everything that has happened in my life. It will likely be the best day of my life. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I don't think I'm not going to point out the major milestones in your life, but you have some pretty great moments in your life. So that's a high bar. 
Kristen, any major milestones or goals you're shooting for this week? Oh, wow. Our podcast had a bit of a milestone this week, which was that we had our first listener, our first listener clarification. My cousin listened to our podcast, uh, has listened to a uh, couple of them already, and pointed out to me, because we had quite a conversation in our pigeon podcast about whether or not 75 grams of cocaine was a lot of cocaine. And he has verified that it is quite a lot of cocaine. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I mean, I appreciate the clarification because if this kip up business doesn't take me anywhere, (laughs) then I know I can start maybe a pigeon drug muling service of some sort. Yes, definitely. What about you, Julie? Yeah, Julie, you have a tail. Well, you know, as Kristen mentioned, we are recording in the evening and sometimes in the evening here, uh, where I live, we get the occasional critter. We were uh, lucky enough to have a skunk move in on Tuesday evening. And not 20 minutes before we started recording tonight, my beloved dog lady, she was trying to protect our home, went after the skunk and got skunked in the mouth. So stinked in the mouth. Is it pee? It is not pee. It's it's like its own special (laughs) stuff. And it, you know, it never fails that she gets it in the mouth, in the face. And this time wasn't so bad, but, um, but sometimes her eyes will swell up because she has such a reaction to this. I don't want to call it venom. She is absolutely fine other than her ego. And she looks like a drowned rat at the moment because we had to give her a bath using the special skunk shampoo. She's currently not allowed in the house because she is wet and still a little fragrant. And so she is sitting not two feet from my head, staring at me in the window (laughs) and crying. I can hear her crying. And it is, it is very sad. Um, If I get a good picture of her tonight, I will, I will give it to Kristen to put on, um, on our feed on Instagram, topical underscore underscore island. And <laughs> you can see my very sad dog. Follow us on Instagram, subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your pods. I don't think we can tell people to do that. Why not? Why? That's how they rank. That's Leave how us rank a rating them. on iTunes. Oh, okay. That's how we grow. I just thought famous people did that. No, man. Oh, no. That's, that's how, how we all do it. We all do it. We the community, we're we the community of podcasters. Hey, Kate, I know you're still in denial, but our podcast <laughs> is out there. I know we have listening. We have listeners who are confirming drug amounts <laughs> for I us. Know. This is the kind of league we're in now. I hope somebody can clarify exactly what type of venom slash urine a skunk shoots out. <laughs> and that it is not Actually, pee. their diet is strictly asparagus. <laughs> All right. All right. Kate, I gotta know, where are you taking us today? Well, ladies, I'd like to propose a toast. Those are words I'm sure you've heard many a time, because it's quite customary to raise a glass and say cheers before we drink with friends. But have you ever wondered why we do it? Huh? Can we take some guesses? Yeah, please. Can I, I'll just tell, say one thing that I know about, the only thing I know about Cheers is that you're supposed to look each other in the eyes. You are. Yes. 
And there is some deep roots in that re- in that reasoning. Ooh, okay. Do you okay, know okay. though that I've mm-hmm. the first time I heard of that where you have to look deep into the eyes is was in Italy. And in Italy they say chin chin. Um there's my that's all I know. Okay. And it was it wasn't until you were in Italy that they said, you know, that's the proper way to do it. Yeah, you, that make eye contact. Always wow. making eye Julie contact. Is giving yeah. the camera some intense <laughs> eye contact right now. You want to make eye contact as you're cheersing that individual. Now, growing up, when we cheers, it was more of a like just kind of looking around. That it wasn't that deep looking deep into a person's soul. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna get to why eye contact is so important. But I do want to start because I love a good origin story and I couldn't provide one with Kip up. Um, So I'm going to give you a little (laughs) bit of etymology. Okay. So in medieval times, cheer meant face or head. And by that, the ex- your expression or your mood. Um, by, the by the mid-1400s, um, the phrase, what cheer be with you, was a common greeting. So like, how are you? What mood are you? I'm assuming that's the equivalent. Um, and by the 18th century, it meant gladness, uh, which was used as a way of expressing encouragement. So today, cheers is simply a symbolic and succinct way of toasting with um, a wish of good cheer and good health to those around us. Um, hmm. Basically an exercise of camaraderie. However, the act itself of raising a glass has been around since well before medieval times. So why do we raise our glasses? Some say for the gods. Okay. Well, the term cheers may not have been used per se, many ancient civilizations have their own way of honoring their gods during drinking ceremonies and feasts. The act of raising a glass is thought to come from the sacrificial libations in which the sacred liquid, either blood or wine, was offered to the gods in exchange for a wish, prayer, or good health. Okay. Okay. So you raise up a glass. Okay. That makes sense. So that takes care of raising our glasses. Now, why do we clink our glasses? Yes. In early times, specifically, I guess, medieval, so between 500 and 1500, uh, glasses were clinked and people cheered loudly to ward off any demons or evil spirits. It's also thought that you would have to clink glasses to spill some on the floor, leaving some for the bad spirits in hopes that they would leave you alone. Oh, that's interesting. And I thought for sure what you would say is the spilling was the sacrifice, but it's the opposite. Oh, because you want them to lick the floor. Get down there, you evil spirit. Get down there and lick that floor. Can I just, about the blood, so for the first one, are, are we drinking this blood too? I think that there are still cultures. I mean, the way we consume animals here in, you know, North America is one thing. But in a lot of cultures where it's a big deal, where when you actually go to butcher an animal and eat it, I do mm-hmm. think that it's still actually a relatively common practice to actually drink some of that blood. Again, just the acknowledgement and the and the gratitude for that animal and a bit of that old yeah not necessarily a sacrifice but an offering in a sense yeah no that that sounds legit yeah that it's treat yourself to that blood Ooh, treat yourself have a glass of blood yeah so and then there's a german tradition um in which they bang mugs of alcohol on the table and yell loudly again to scare away ghosts and evil spirits so that's one i guess origin story of why we clink glasses Now, this next one, 
is the story that I always told people as a little fun fact. This second one, why you would clink glasses was to avoid poisoning. I've definitely heard this story. So there are some theories circulating that toasting was a way to avoid being poisoned. Um, Back in the days when poisoning a foe's drink was a convenient way to murder them, it's believed that glasses were filled to the brim and then clinked hard so that a bit of alcohol from everybody's glass would pour into the next, mixing the drinks all together, and then taking for everyone to take a sip of the drinks basically was a gesture of goodwill, um, think, knowing that the, the, the beverage was unharmed. Right. I could definitely see that. Although I, I sometimes wonder how common a practice it was to just go around poisoning people. I mean, certainly Game of Thrones, we saw it. Did it happen on the wire, Julie? Because I feel like that's the real proof point for us. Was there poisoning in the wire? Um, I think there was some tainted drugs at some point. All right. Now, what I think of is when, you know, the leader of two um, opposing um, armies would potentially get together to meet. I think that's my, that would, was my story I always told was that they would get together. You would always make sure that your glasses were spilling over so that if it was poisoned, everybody would be poisoned. Now that actually is where the eye contact comes in because the only way to make sure that poison has not spilled into one another's glass would be to watch the glasses as they hit each other. So if you're concentrate, if you're looking at the glasses, wondering where the spillage is happening, it makes you suspect to either having put poison in the drinks or accusing the other party of, of tainting the drinks. And so by making eye contact at that moment, the two drinkers assert to one another that there is no reason to look at the glasses, establishing a mutual trust that neither drink is poisoned. Well, I am going to throw out a theory that ties this all together. The reason I heard about it in Italy is because the poisoning thing was common practice with the Roman army. There you go. Julie, you just said that you just said that you thought no one poisoned each other ever. Except the Romans. Hey. Oh, sorry. I apologize. Yeah, I mean, they were they were busy stabbing each other in the back. But um, yeah. Mm, that's a good one. There's my theory that... Yeah, no, full circle. That I think that's fantastic. <laughs> um, and I didn't have the Roman armies in here um, to mention. So thank you for that. Um, now, the other thing that I actually didn't know and I found so interesting when I was... Uh, looking at some some fun facts to throw at you where does the idea of i'd like to propose a toast Mm -hmm. yes so the term toast yes um, Mm. as in drinking to one's health comes from the literal practice of dropping a piece of toast in your drink in the 16th century it was commonplace to add a piece of scorched or spiced toast to wine the bread would help soak up some of the acidity um, mm. to the acidity to improve flavor in poor wine and as a <laughs> bonus it would help soften up stale bread but then by the 18th century the term toast had meant a person honored by the toast rather than an actual floating piece of bread right referred to as the toast of the town oh toast of the town but then i was also thinking because it's often done with alcohol you know have you ever heard the term like oh he was toasted yeah oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Wait, it, does toasted mean drunk or high? You, I guess you could use it in both ways, but it, probably drunk came first. Okay, fair enough. The toast fair of enough. the town really got toasted at that... At that wedding 
feast army dinner. And then the Romans showed up. I tried to poison him, but then I had to look them in the eye. <laughs> now you can throw that fun fact at people when you when you decide to propose a toast. I feel like I don't want to. Like, this is all very, like, dramatic. Like, we're either trying to poison <laughs> each other. Or you could be the party jokester. And when somebody says, I'd like to propose a toast, and you just, I mean, you'd have to have bread ready. Yeah. Take the, your purse bread. Your purse croutons, yeah. A slice of your purse bread. Just throw them in there, soften them up. Oh, why is this wine <laughs> chewy? Oh, that, yeah. Throw it in somebody else's. Yeah, not your own. You don't. You don't say. I'd like to propose a toast, and then I guess. I mean, you and then just put toast in your own well, glass. I, I being being sort of like a person who loves to be a bit of a know-it-all. Like I would be like, oh, do you notice my toast? Let me tell you why I've thrown toast in my glass here. <laughs> You're just desperate for conversation starters. <laughs> I haven't oh, been around man. people in over a year, so. This, this is what I'm thinking of. I'm going to put money on Julie starts carrying purse toast. Exactly. I was like, you know, you, I just picture this sad moldy toast at the bottom of your purse because nobody, <laughs> nobody proposed a toast. Like, you know what I mean? Like this situation has to be perfect. And it's just. Well, Julie, if you do, if you enjoy being a know-it-all, then let me throw a little something called the anti-toast movement at ya. Please, please. What we need right now is like anti-something else. Yes, please bring it on. Isn't it the truth that wherever there is a one thing, there is an opposing factor somewhere. <laughs> and yeah. so um, the, the article that I pulled this from for what it, what it, I'm going to read it verbatim. And it says for many, it was too much. The first temperance society, the Order of Temperance, established in Germany in 1517, was dedicated to abolishing toasts. But the temperance movement is related to alcohol, right? They don't believe in the consumption of alcohol. Yes. So, it, it, I mean, toasting was obviously directly related to alcohol. Yes. Um, so for the temperance society, um, toasting was, was too much. Yeah. But so the anti-toast movement happened... Um, I guess there were a few people who really committed to it between in the 15 and 1600s. So uh, it huh. sounds like it lasted a long time, but really there's only like three people that, that decided that they were, they were going to make this their thing. Apparently though, Louis the, f um, 14th banned toasting in his court. Oh, uh, no further information on that. So I will leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was thinking about toasts and this is somewhat unrelated. I had this idea because my brother was supposed to get married last summer. I had this idea to hire um, a specific kind of, I don't, I think it's, they do a toast and it's a chimney sweep. So I have previously hired an actual chimney sweep to um, sweep my chimneys, obviously. And one of the things they offer as a service is to attend a wedding and give a toast because a chimney sweep what? is considered Julie, good luck. No. It's considered no. good luck. Because about, like what's it called when you like sort like you really expand your business? <laughs> like I will clean your chimney, I'll spend <laughs> your wedding. No, this is legit. So if you recall in the film Mary Julie, Poppins, come on. you're you're drunk, no, Julie. Yes. I think you're the drunk one. <laughs> <laughs> no, remember the well, movie. I was gonna say I only I can picture Dick Van Dyke as like the dirty 
and chimney covered sweep. in soot and he's got the the old style chimney cleaner that's still and what I, use, that's how i yeah. picture somebody showing up to your wedding and yes giving it <laughs> yes and i i'm here to tell you that my chimney sweep who is delightful a delightful englishman who runs a nice business his hands are black like he's a caucasian his hands are black and if you recall in the film mary poppins in the song Chim chimney, chim chimney, chim chim true. He says, "Good luck will rub off when I shakes hands with you." Oh, of course. Yeah, I remember those lyrics. Because now. chimney sweeps are considered good luck, and so the chimney sweep has diversified. And he will come to your wedding. I think he'll, he'll like do it. I don't. I assume he'll do like a little toast as good luck, and then. Do you think he'd do the same type of like Mary Poppins dance that they do? <laughs> He is a very good humored man. It's possible. Yeah. Wow. That's really cool. I'm also wondering if they're considered good luck because maybe given their profession, like a lot more of them should have died. And so if you, if you're alive and you're a chimney sweep, you gotta have luck. Perhaps. And honestly, the, the trade of the chimney sweep has a very dark history that I won't get into because I think that actually might be some pretty good fodder for an upcoming podcast. Oh, I would love to know more. Next time anybody has a big to do, you know, hire a chimney sweep and good luck will rub off when he shakes hands with you. Will he just come to your wedding if he didn't also clean your chimney? Oh, yeah. You can hire him specifically for that. Okay. It's a service okay. he provides. Yeah. Okay. Now, is, should there be a fireplace at the venue? Is it like a package deal? No, not necessary. <laughs> He'll okay. just come. He'll just come. Okay. Okay. No, that's so crazy. It is. I, so I feel like we don't need to spend that much more time on it. But like the fact that he <laughs> clean, cleans your chimney and then he'll come to your wedding. And like, yeah. that's just, wow, he's brilliant. We need to have him on. <laughs> All right. Slow down there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if we were ever going to open this up to guests. It's not going to be my random chimney sweep. Guys, back on track. My segue is going to be, all right, let's get back on track, back on the train. Oh, no, wait, let's get back on the boat. Because what I want to tell you about next (laughs) is the British Royal Navy. British Royal Navy. Apparently, so they would do in their noon mess or lunch, uh, they would typically begin with um, like a general loyal toast. I'm assuming it was something, you know, you toast to the crown, um, Mm -hmm. followed by a distinctive um, toast depending on the day of the week. And so I want to read you what they were for each day of the week. Okay. So on Monday, they toasted to our ships at sea. On Mm. Tuesday, we toast to our sailors, um, which was formerly our men, but they changed it to include women. Oh, that's nice. Wednesday, we toast to ourselves. And then as a retort, as no one else is likely to concern themselves with our welfare. Oh, oh! That's the toast I tell myself in the evening. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody else is gonna toast me. Um, Thursday, they toast to a bloody war or sickly season, and that means the desire and likelihood of being promoted when many people die because of war or sickness. So that's a little bit messed up. So they're just going downhill from Wednesday. Doesn't get any better. just doesn't get any better friday they toast to a willing foe and sea room and saturday they toast to our families 
Okay. So you think that's appropriate. However, they used to toast to our wives and sweethearts. May they never meet. Oh, <laughs> brother. <laughs> and then Sunday they toast to absent friends. That seems appropriate. Okay, Sunday's okay. nice. Yeah, Sunday. Sunday's yeah, nice. Okay. And this is the British Royal Navy. And do the they British still Royal Navy, do however, this? a sequence um, was also prescribed in at least one publication, so a similar sequence um, in the United States Navy as well. Okay. All right. Are you ready to learn about some etiquette? The do's and don'ts of toasting. <laughs> yes, I am. Please proceed. Number one, do not toast yourself. Okay. <laughs> um, if you are being <laughs> toasted, if you are the guest of honor, just sit there. And mm -hmm. afterwards, you say thank you. You do not put your hands on your glass, much less drink. Oh. Because you don't believe anything good about yourself. Yeah, why? Well, no, it's just kind of seen as, um, I guess, a little narcissistic. So, wait, so like at a wedding, when we, let's, let's when they toast that. the bride and groom, don't they, the bride and groom drink, don't they? Um, I don't know. It just, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think so. I think everybody drinks huh. when you're after toasting. But you know what? And I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think of a wedding. So I'm thinking of the wedding in which I was maid of honor and gave the toast. Yeah. And I don't remember if the bride and groom drank or if they immediately got up and gave me a hug after the toast. So oh, okay. I'm not, I'm not sure. I just feel like, you know what, in this society, you know, like if someone says something nice about you, you drink and you say, thank you. Like, is it so bad to accept a compliment about yourself? Hey, I'm just reading the list. <laughs> I'm just reading what I'm just letting you know what you're supposed to do. So the person honored should neither stand nor drink, but after the toast should rise to say thank you um, and then turn and offer the toast. And then you offer a toast to the host or the person who gave the speech. You basically mm. say thank you oh, and a toast okay. to you and then you drink as well. Okay. Okay. I kind of like that. The like, even if it's not like a, then you make a speech, but more like a thank you yeah. to you, my friend. To that you was nice. too. Yeah. Right back at you. With okay. that caveat, I'm okay with it. Number two, putting one's glass down before the toast is complete or simply holding one's glass without drinking is widely regarded as impolite. It suggests that you do not share the sentiments expressed yeah. in the toast. And exactly. so you might as yeah. well just be giving the finger to the whatever's being said. Exactly. Oh, okay. And and it, if you don't imbibe, if you're one of the temperance people, just a drink is sufficient. Like a glass of water, take a sip. Nope. Yeah. Now, in some places, they do consider, particularly the, back at, to the Navy, they yeah. consider toasting with a glass of water to be extremely bad luck in meaning that you will, will drown. You will suffer a watery death. Oh, so that's where ooh. have you never heard? Because I've always thought, oh, toasting with water uh, it's supposed to be bad luck. Yeah. So that nope. comes from the Navy, I believe. Did not know that. Well, we all know how much we trust them. Sorry, probably cut out the fact where I don't trust the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> Just referencing back to the their toasts anyways. <laughs> um, number three, do not clink glasses, especially if there are more than four people. What? Yes. I, it reads here that it's an old custom 
and having to do in having and having to clink is a means of driving away evil spirits. And so they say, that's an old custom. Don't worry about that. There are no more evil spirits we have to scare away. Um, and it's really bad for glassware. Oh, yeah. Fair. I mean, I'm assuming when they were clinking, it wasn't like glass, right? Like it was probably like. Uh, and some sort of like horn or vessel, like a goblet. Right. Type. So, okay. Per- okay, fair. Um, you are to simply lift your glass and say, hyo, hyo, or cheers. Here, here. Okay. Now, I always thought here, here. it was important here, here. to touch glasses. So, I mean, I've been at a table of 10 people in which I have basically lied across the table to try and touch glasses with <laughs> yes. any person. Oh, yes. Yes, I mean, to be there. fair, it was likely not the first toast of the night when that was <laughs> the case, in which I felt it so implicit that I make you the eye contact touch. and touch the glass of every person at the table. Well, some of us are just still concerned about evil spirits. Like, I mean, I think it just and that's depends fair. on your personal philosophy. Yeah, that's right. For oh, sure. Jeez. Um, <laughs> let me afraid. be afraid of what I'm afraid of. Yeah. <laughs> Number... I forget what number. Um, keep your toes short. <laughs> keep it short and sweet. I'm for that. I, I'm for that rule personally. I Me am too. too. Sometimes you're just like, oh my God, I want to drink already. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you, and you have your arm in the air. Be considerate, right? That's right. I hate being yeah. at those funerals. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> I know he was a great guy, whatever. Moving oh on. my God. <laughs> Can I drink? Oh, drink. <laughs> Okay, and then it says do, well, we kind of already covered this, um, but it says do toast the host in return if you are the guest of honor and being toasted, but just keep it brief. Um, don't preempt, don't button line. You should not, if the, if say the birthday person shows up at the party and you're not hosting, you should always allow the host to make the toast. You just have to remember that. Host makes the toast. Oh, okay, okay. I've definitely done that. Have you? Just kind of did a quick read of the table and maybe too quick a read and just was like, well, thank you for having us to dinner. And like, I guess I should be giving more opportunity to the host to say, thank you for coming to our home. Yeah. So I think that's what you should be doing. However, um, with your new, with your newfound hobby of uh, keeping toast in your purse and waiting for somebody to do that. <laughs> I have a feeling that you will now be giving the room a little bit more of a chance to be the ones to, to make to toast. go first. Yeah, to go okay. first. Yeah. So you got to do a big, big finale finish with your toast there, Joel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then you just completely interrupt the toast. I'd like to make a toast. <laughs> Piece of stale bread in your glass. Do you want to know why I did that? And everyone's like, Julie, sit down. You're not even in the wedding party. <laughs> Okay, well, here I've, I'm here. Now there's conflicting messages on water. Here it says, do raise your glass, even if you are a non-drinker. Um, anything will do, even water. Oh, okay. That okay. seems fair. In the day and age of free choice. So, okay. okay. I mean, I guess if we're going to do away with evil spirits, we can do away with the idea that we're going to drown a watery death if we toast with water. Agreed. But, I mean, to each their own. I don't know how you live your life. So I think I think that's pretty much all of the that's all of it. So in terms of etiquette, I will I will close off with this um, in that. Uh, so I am lucky enough to have a friend who is the only officially licensed butler in Calgary. He has served the queen. 
You are so lucky. So many follow-up questions. And yes, you are lucky. Okay, chimney yeah. sweep, butler, next guests, only guests. They take over the entire podcast. Done. Absolutely. That's an interesting podcast. They would be they would be better at it than me, I can tell you. That much. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I decided to ask him. So I sent him a quick message last night and I said, quick etiquette question toasting to clink or not to clink and he replied back and he said it all depends on the toast sweetie however with current days one suggests no clink and so I'm thinking we're probably moving away from the clink especially in maybe places where it's not your very close friends Um, Mm -hmm. just like I think may potentially handshaking is going to be taking a turn uh, at least in the in the near future yeah, yeah, even blowing out birthday candles may be a thing of the past, yeah. Oh, never thought about that. I mean, well, I have thought about the fact that we we used to spit all over a cake and then cut it up and share with everybody. I, I think that the moral of the story and what I would like to, to get across to the audience is that no matter what, maybe you picked up a couple little tidbits in this information. I think it's cool, but you do you. That's my advice. Yeah, completely. Well, I did not... I did not see that topic coming, Kate. Um, And I absolutely appreciated it. And I learned quite a bit. So thank you. No problem. And Kristen, this has been all good news. But do you have some good news for us? Kristen's gotten sober up before she gives (laughs) (laughs) it. I got some frogs. No, I'm like doing it. Like, I feel like my happy news story is a little bit like more somber than this. So I just had to change. I had to switch gears a little bit, but I feel like I have a happy ending to my story or just a, a nugget. But so this week it was very odd because I was thinking of this woman that I used to work with over 10 years ago, very randomly. And I decided, I don't know, in, in this day and age, I don't know if you guys ever think of someone and just Google them and see kind of where they're at. So I did. I hadn't thought about her in a very long time and I Googled her and it was the weirdest thing because she had actually passed away 10 days from when I Googled her. So I was like, wow, that's very strange. And um, just a little bit of history. She was um, this woman I worked with a long time ago. And she's someone though that like I think about all the time because she had, she was just the kindest person, but she had been through so much in her life. Like she had, her husband had died like relatively young. She had helped her sister with a cancer battle who ended up passing away. And her daughter also had been in a pretty horrific car accident and she had lived through it, but she just been one of those people that, you know, had been through so much, but was so happy, so kind. And it just made you realize like whatever you're going through, like people have been through much worse and have come through the other side and are still really wonderful human beings. Anyways. So it just was a really good reminder. Like I, I, you know, I was in my early 20s when I knew her. She was, you know, older than I was and all that. So I try not to get into too much of the like, oh, I should have kept in touch. But it just gave me, it was a good reminder of like, she probably had no idea that I think about her all the time. And yeah. that, hmm. you know, she taught me so much. And that beyond just that, you know, we just gotten to know each other. But she was just one of the people that, you know, would pop up when you're thinking about different things a lot in my life. And I, I realized she had no idea. And so it was just a good reminder. And I just wanted to put that out there to people. I think this year, especially too, we're way more willing to tell people how we really feel, but just the people that are important to you, just make sure they know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was, it's a, it's a good reminder that like, I'll never have the opportunity to tell her that she really meant a lot to me. So. That's so true. That's such a good reminder. And I can't help but think that the universe was making your spidey senses tingle 
for some yeah, good reason. I know. Wow. That was, yeah, that was also like, whoa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. On that note of, you know, gentle reminder to reach out to the people that you care about and don't be shy with it and don't be, don't be ashamed of, about caring. I hope you found what you were looking for. 